I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. I'm Craig. And, and we, we just watched Scrooge. Make sure you put the <laughs> Seven o'clock. Psycho sees Santa's workshop, and only Lee Majors can stop them. In the night, the reindeer die. Be here. Well, you can't show that commercial. That thing looked like the, the Manson family Christmas special. Think I'm way off base? Yes, you're. Well, you're a tad off base, sir. Frank Cross is more than the youngest network president in television history. Call security. Have them change his locks and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired. It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Watch out. He's a thoughtful boss. Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. A generous brother. What did he give you last year? Uh, I don't remember. A shower curtain. Did you hear I think you dropped something here. And a true humanitarian. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We've tried crazy glue. Have you tried staples? But his life is about to change. Woo-wee! That was a good one. You... Are going to be visited by three ghosts tomorrow at noon. Not tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is wash up. Anyone who thinks he hates Christmas is wrong. Go back to Jersey, you moron! <laughs> it's ghosts he hates. seen a ghost. A ghost? John Forsythe. Bobcat Goldthwait. Hey! You want to see me or is this a shotgun in your pocket? <laughs> you know this one? Everybody knows this one. Let's go now. Now does everybody know this one? Carol Kane. Robert Mitchum. I really care. David Johansson. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. This holiday season, See Bill Murray get screwed. Hey, back off, big man. That may work with the checks, but not with me. Uh, so, yes, 1988 American Christmas comedy film, Scrooged. Starring Bill Murray, directed by Richard Donner. Good Thoughts? Dick Donner. <laughs> uh, yeah, Scrooge is one of my favorite... Uh, Christmas movies. Will you, will you give us a brief synopsis? Sure. I mean, it's the, it's the story. It's basically uh, a Christmas carol told in, you know, the 80s, basically. So it's Bill Murray plays the Ebenezer Scrooge-type character. He, he plays a guy named uh, Frank Cross, who is a young TV executive. And he's it's like just, a fledgling network. I mean, cable network. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And he's just generally shitty to everyone, and he... You know, his old boss comes to him and tells him he's going to be visited by three ghosts. Three ghosts. His old boss comes to him as a ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. He comes to him uh, in you know zombie mode, and uh, so yeah, it's it's basically the same as Christmas Carol with Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, but also during throughout the movie, they're putting on a production of a Christmas Carol, a live gonna, production, no yeah, live on production. Christmas Eve, yeah. yeah. And it's you know he's just a ruthless guy who's only worried about ratings and money and right there's a pretty great sequence where his assistant is going through his christmas list of people that he needs to give gifts to yeah and he's saying uh 
whether it'll be a towel or a nice VCR, which yeah. is apparently like the high end, you know, yeah. gift of that season. And uh, he almost universally gives away towels to everyone. Yeah. I think a VCR goes to a couple people that are like power broker types, that people that will help his career, but otherwise towels. Yeah. yeah, I love that that line where he's like he grabs the list from her. He's like, "Look at and He's like, "Towel, towel." Most of these are towels. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he has so many great lines like that throughout the movie. And the way he just delivers some of those lines are hilarious. Like, at the beginning when he's talking to his assistant. And she's like, you know, but Frank, it's Christmas or whatever. He's like, I care! Like, the way that he, like, just screams it. Yeah. And then uh, also the line where he's like, you know, he's his assistant is asking off work or whatever. And he goes like, if you don't work, I don't work. And if I can't work... I can't work. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's everyone's kind of experience with this movie good, before we start talking about it? You said it's one of your favorite Christmas movies in general, Jeff, right? Yeah. Did you see it in the theater? Mm, I don't just... remember. I, th- I may have. I know I, I saw it as a kid. I mean, I was like eight years old or nine years old when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or if I would just rented it on VHS when I was a kid. See, I, I feel like I, I've seen it a million times, but I feel like a lot of it was from basic cable. Mm-hmm. I feel like it came on constantly, like in the early 90s, uh, no matter what time of year it was. It seemed like it was just on all the time. Yeah. So I, I know I've seen it multiple times um, because of that. Uh, yes? I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater because like, my dad has always been a huge Bill Murray fan, and anytime a Bill Murray movie came out, he would always take the whole family to see it. Nice. Like, what about Bob and Ghostbusters and all that? Mm-hmm. So. Um, Ikea, last night was your first time seeing it. Yes. Yeah. i never seen it. I've seen snippets of it, and the the ghost, that's the lady. Yeah. Um, right. It goes I've to seen Christmas present. Christmas present. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that scene before, so I'm pretty sure I've come across it on TV, but I've never sat down and like watched it from beginning to end. What, what'd you th- did you like it? I did like it. Cool. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, I, I liked the ending when I can't tell if he goes off script, if he... I feel like he does. Yeah, it feels um, very improvised, like he's yeah. making it up as he goes along. Because didn't he, in like, was it Meatballs? When he, that, the part where it just doesn't matter. <laughs> bleed for a week to ten days even if God in heaven above comes down and points his hand at our side of the field even if every man, woman, and child held hands together and prayed for us to win it just wouldn't matter because all the really good looking girls would still go out with the guys from Mohawk because they got all the money I feel like it is because when you watch that, the kids that were actually like campers, mm-hmm. you can kind of see them like laughing. It's like, oh my god, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of like that, and um, and I like the message at the end, how it really gets serious, and he kind of. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah. One thing I noticed watching it yesterday again, I was like, uh, so he, you know, he goes throughout the whole movie, and they're showing him, you know, his life in the past, how he's like affecting people in the present, and how like bleak the future looks but the entire process he 
it doesn't seem to affect him because as soon as something like that, he sees something happen, he gets back and he's back to being an asshole again until he sees that he's going to die. And yeah. then suddenly now he's like, I gotta be nice to people. Like none <laughs> no. of the other stuff like made him want to be a nice person. It was just seeing himself like burn up in a casket. But... Uh, well, I do think uh, I had that exact same epiphany for some, like it's, it's something that never dawned on me. And I'm so unfamiliar with the traditional Christmas story, a Christmas Carol rather. I don't remember. Is that how Scrooge is in the original Christmas Carol, or is he either. slowly affected by everything that he's seeing and he's he's slowly making a transition? Or is it just like always when he sees his own tombstone and that he will does, die he soon? He does see his own tombstone, doesn't he? Yeah. That definitely happens. But I'm saying like in this version, Scrooge with Bill Murray, uh, he seems to be pretty unaffected until that moment. Yeah. Like yeah. he's always reverting back to being a jerk and sometimes even heightened. He's almost more of a jerk when he comes back to the real world. Yeah. And yeah, when he sees that he's going to be cre- cremated soon, that's enough for him to be like, you have to treat people good. Every day can be Christmas. You know, that whole yeah. thing, right? So, yeah, that that had never occurred to me until I saw it yeah. yesterday, and I was like, I, how did I never think of this before? Well, like, he does seem deeply affected by his ex oh, yeah. um, becoming an ice queen. Like, when he sees that she is, like, uh, very stoic and not caring for people anymore in the future, uh, that does seem to affect him quite a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that might be coupled with the fact that he's dying, right. but... Maybe just, like, everything kind of came to it at once. Right. Because, you know, when he, like, in the scene where he and David Johansson go back in time and he goes to see his mom, he's like, uh, when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls, <laughs> Niagara Falls, Angel. That's exactly what Adilidon said. But when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. That's yeah. that's the thing that I quote still now. Niagara yeah. Falls. I mean, that's that, that character to me, the Ghost of Christmas Past... Is the most iconic one. But going back to like how his death, yeah, is kind of what changes it. That made me think when I had to do my um, CLE courses to maintain my um, law license. There was a it's a seminar where lawyers just talk to us all day, and there is and they're usually older, so they're very solemn or somber or whatever. And one of them said something like, "How lawyers are the worst procrastinators." And he said, "But whether it's judgment day or trial day, you really get focused." Yeah. Like, and that kind of made me think that his death kind of really made him focus. And that's, I mean, that's true of life. Like, how many times do we say, do we learn a life lesson from something and we're like, I'm going to be better. Yeah. And then someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, fuck you! And yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. I got to start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if God forbid, I was diagnosed with something or all of a sudden that becomes real, then you probably will change. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, it's just... So there's something to be said for that, too. It's kind of like, you, you wonder, you know, a character like Frank Cross, Bill Murray's character, uh, what's his trajectory from here? Is he going to yeah. keep this spirit going this whole time, or is he just going to wake up the next yeah. day cynical and going, oh, God, I can't believe I did all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I think if he, if he gets into a relationship with that lady, which it looks like they were going to, because I think she, she keeps him on the path. She yeah. might have to yeah. work like, overtime. Yeah. She's but, so, like, patient and kind-hearted that, you know, she could keep him in line and... Maybe. Maybe. Um, what are some of your favorite scenes? Oh, so many. <laughs> I feel like we jumped straight to the end, so I, I kind of thought maybe we could yeah. talk about some of the, you know, build-up. Well, one of my favorite things, though, is in... So there's that scene where uh, 
he's about to get on the elevator and the the fake ghost of Christmas past is on the on the elevator but he thinks it's the real one. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh god, he's coming for me. Come on, take me you pussy." <laughs> he whispers, Does he whispers. say it like that? I don't remember him whispering. That's yeah. it. it. Oh, it's so funny. Like, there's so many great lines in that. Um, like that scene where, like, he's watching himself on the kids show with J- David Johansson, and David Johansson is just like all into the show, and he's like, "It's a bone, you lucky dog." <laughs> like, but uh, well, I really liked. Um, I don't know. If it, well. This, the ending scene, I like that when they all come together and they break out in song, mm-hmm. and he go. I think he goes off script, and obviously shouts out like "Little Shop of Horrors." I was just like, yeah. "What? <laughs> That's amazing!" <laughs> um, I really like the Ghost of Christmas Present. <laughs> Hello, Frank. I'm the Ghost of Christmas Present. I had a funny feeling. And I just like how she kind of like dog paddled <laughs> when she flew. Yeah. And how she was really sweet. And like when she picks up the toaster, she's like, oh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought she was funny. Yeah, I she's like hilarious. Um, I think I read uh, in the trivia or whatever that uh, she actually injured Bill Murray several times. I won't be surprised. Um, that there was a part where she fish hooks him and like is pulling him by his mouth. Yeah, and apparently that actually cut open his mouth and he had oh, to have right. stitches and the whole nine yards. Yeah, so oh. that brings me to another piece of trivia about the movie. There's like all this these little factoids I know about this movie because I've seen it a million times and yeah. I've heard interviews with the writer and stuff. But uh, that scene where he's uh, it was right after uh, his old boss came to see him and it's time for the the first ghost to come. And he's all freaking out. And he sees that guy, like, catch on fire. Right, there's a fancy restaurant. And, yeah. yeah. And he takes the bucket of water and he splashes him with it. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry. And he walks out. And as he's walking out, he slips and falls. Mm. Like, he really slipped and fall. Like, he wasn't <gasps> supposed to do that. Oh, we, we, we thought it was that. a really good pratfall. We, we thought he did an expert pratfall. I didn't yeah. realize that he, it was an accident. Yeah, it was It was an accident. It was just so perfect <laughs> enough that they left right. it in the movie. And he maintained character enough that he just got up and, like, kept yeah. walking. Mm. And another scene like that that was like an accident, but they left in the movie was that scene where he gets on the elevator with the real Ghost of Christmas Past, and the guy in the suit couldn't see, and so he's like walking closer to Bill Murray, but he didn't realize that he was so close to him. And Bill Murray's <laughs> like, "Hey, back off, man! That might work, work with the ladies, but it's not going to work with me." Like that was all improv. <laughs> like he didn't. <laughs> another big one is when Bill Murray and his brother are walking on the street in New York, and he walks by that guy playing a trumpet. That's Miles Davis. Like that scene where he's mm-hmm. like, uh, "What you just learned this song yesterday?" And right. He's talking like the greatest jazz musician ever. Yeah, like, he pointed that because I saw him and I was like, "That looks like Miles Davis." So there's yeah. no way that's Miles Davis. And he said, mm. "That's Miles Davis." And yeah. Paul Schaefer too. Yeah, Paul, Paul Schaefer, Schaefer is yeah. part of the, the band. That's I think there, that's right? what struck me about this movie. Like going as you watch the movie and going through the um, the cast of characters, just how many big people were in this movie mm-hmm. and that was cool to me because I'm like we were alive when all these iconic people were not only alive but in this movie like John Forsyth who's yeah. like the voice of Charlie and Charlie's Angels and obviously on Dynasty mm-hmm. and was Robert Mitchum was in there yeah. and yeah. Miles Davis I mean, yeah. and Buddy Hackett is playing yeah, like yeah, Hackett. in the, the adaptation yeah uh, lots of interesting people. Did you say sea urchins or street <laughs> urchins? Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, the, uh, that guy who's basically the same character he was in Gremlins. Right, Gremlins Two. I mean. You know, since you know trivia um, about this movie, Craig mentioned before we watched it that Bill Murray 
doesn't like this movie. Bill, no. Bill Murray, uh, there's a uh, an interview I read in Starlog from back in the day where basically he was complaining Bill Murray was upset about uh, the way the movie came out. And he was saying that Richard Donner uh, directed it almost in real time, for one thing. So it felt super rushed, and they were just rushing through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, he kept directing Bill Murray to be louder and, and bigger. It was like, over and over, it was just louder, bigger. And like, Bill Murray's like, I think the guy's deaf. Because yeah. like, it got to the point where he was just over the top all the time. And, and Bill Murray doesn't like that performance. And watching it with that in mind, I could kind of see where he was coming from a little bit. Yeah. Because he's almost always at 11. I mean, he's almost always like, ah, you know, like just very well. Yeah, he's like literally time. screaming. And, and for Bill Murray, that's a unique. Yeah, yeah. He's not usually like that. He's usually deadpan and droll and everything. So yeah, it's kind of true. interesting to see him that way. He's manic the whole movie, pretty yeah. much. It's like, a, it's weird that he wouldn't like it, too, because it's like three of his brothers are in this movie, too. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, a, a, the whole Murray and family yeah, is in the movie. Yeah. But you said it was written a while ago, so maybe with time, maybe... Yeah, maybe he softened with age. I do know that it was also his first movie after uh, kind of a failed attempt at being a drama actor. He did a movie, I think it's called... It's either... Is it Razor's Edge? Something like that, like in 84. And it didn't go over very well. It got very bad reviews, and he in particular got bad reviews. And it kind of made him a recluse for a while, where he didn't want to take a leading role... I think between that movie and Scrooge, the only thing he did was Little Shop of Horrors, like a very small kind of supporting role. Um, and this was the thing that kind of lured him back out, supposedly. Um, so maybe he kind of had a lot of reservations about playing such a comedic part and such a like silly, over-the-top yeah. version of what he thought it was going to be. Maybe he thought it was going to be a little bit more serious, you know? Um, yeah. Or maybe, yeah. Maybe he just wanted to play more deadpan. Right. Like he would... Normally, Normally would. would, yeah. yeah. That was like speaking of his three brothers being in it. Like uh, the guy who wrote the movie, Mitch Glazer, is in it too. That scene where uh, the ghost of Christmas Present shows him what his brother is doing on Christmas night or Christmas Eve. The guy who plays his brother is his real brother James, and then his uh, other brother Joel is sitting on the couch. And then at the other end of the couch is Mitch Glazer, the guy who wrote the movies, the guy with the long, kind of dark, curly hair. So there are three brothers of his in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Brian Doyle Murray plays his dad in the other scene, too. Because so. one of them I recognized. Yeah. Joel. No, yeah. someone that's in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his, his real brother plays his brother in the movie, too. Uh, but that, that's the only movie I've ever seen that Murray brother in. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. The, the youngest one? Yeah. He's in... Uh... Oh, I want to say he's in some other Bill Murray movies. Um, and he's also in... There's some movie he made that's like Meatballs where he's trying to be Bill Murray. Like, he's trying oh, really? to be that era Bill Murray and it's just really awkward and strange, you know? But yeah, I don't think that guy's ever had any real real big success. Whereas the other brothers kind of have. I feel like yeah. Robert... Is it Robert Doyle Murray? Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle Murray. He's popped up in a lot of things, yeah, he's, and Joel has too. Yeah, Brian Joel's kind of had a renaissance where he's been in a yeah. lot of stuff, like Mad Men and um, that Bobcat Goldwith movie from yeah, a few years God back. Godless America, Godless America. Yeah. yeah, and those two have been friends for years, and they're both in Scrooge as well. Mm-hmm. And then because uh, they were both in um, One Crazy Summer, I think that was like the first. Oh, movie really? Together, yeah. And uh, they've just been friends ever since, and so I guess well, they just work together whenever they can. Do you guys, uh, one of the reasons I picked this uh, for our podcast, because I know we kind of go off script a few times uh, in the past, and we don't review a traditionally horror movie um, like uh, the one I love or Blue Ruin, 
this one I thought kind of qualified just because for one thing Richard Donner ends up doing Tales from the Crypt mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of connective tissue I feel like between this and what became Tales from the Crypt I mean the way that uh, the William Forsyth character uh, the, the first ghost appears right. John Forsyth John Forsyth did I say the wrong name? I think I said the wrong name just now yeah John yeah right. William Forsyth the other guy the guy I met yeah. oh yeah yeah um but I mean, he's like a zombie when he shows up, right? Yeah. And it's very, it's like very grotesque. Mouth comes out the back of yeah, his head. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, death or the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah. Uh, when he opens up his cloak, he has a rib cage full of all these, I guess, trapped souls that are inside and yeah. trying to get out. Um, so there's lots of I feel like horror elements. Um, you know, discovering a dead body in the sewer. You know, frozen. Yeah. I, I thought, even though that's sad, it's also kind of horrific. He also you never know. reported that there was a man. <laughs> it's definitely a hanging. That was uh, dead. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy, Michael J. Pollard. Is that mm. Yeah, he. Uh, I love that scene where they're in the that that place where his girlfriend works. Kind of a shelter, yeah, yeah. homeless shelter, and. Uh, He's like, can you do a line from Shakespeare? And he's just like, before I go to the top. <laughs> now leave me alone. <laughs> Did you catch uh, Mama Fratelli in that yeah, scene? Yeah, yeah. She, I, when I first saw her, I was like, that looks like her, but she looks so different than what she does in Goonies yeah. to me. Later on, when they show her later, I, I could see it a little bit more. Yeah. But that first, it's pretty small cameo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think just the premise of even going back to A Christmas Carol, the original a man is visited by three ghosts. I feel like that should be enough to qualify as horror because well, yeah. I mean, he's visited by three dead people. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of terrifying. Christmas is, uh, you know, Kia's holiday. That's it's what she likes the best. And I think you've been a little bit annoyed with uh, Halloween and fringing. horror elements kind of fringing on Christmas. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to old school Christmas, uh, there's a lot of horror elements in it. Like the, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, that song. It's the most wonderful. There's a moment in it where he says, There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long ago. Uh, we'll tell scary ghost stories. That's a, that's a moment, that's a lyric in the song, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's intertwined. Like ghost stories and scary stuff. In one Christmas song, there's mentioning of It's intertwined. <laughs> and, and, well, and like you said, though, A Christmas Carol, the most classic. I mean, if you, if you see the show, was it Adam Ruins Everything that you showed me? Right. Where he talks about the beginnings of Christmas. It is literally like The Purge. So, yes, there are yeah. some horror elements to Christmas. Yeah, I mean, Christian <laughs> stuff obviously co-opted pre-existing <laughs> stuff that was uh, a lot more weird and uh, basically about how winter brings death and we're terrified <laughs> of the winter. So that's why it was like Christians were like, no, it's about a birth. It's not about death. We swear. You we got to liven this up. It's yeah. cold. It's dark all the time. It's gray. Uh, let's... Just tell everyone it's the most wonderful time of the year, and people will just yeah, assume it, it is. Yeah, it kind of worked. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of makes it where a lot of people try to be very upbeat during the worst time of the year otherwise, yeah. so it kind of worked. And that's why there's, and that's why I think, you know, people put up lights of lights and right. decorations to kind of liven up the mood, you know? Right, because everything's dying. Yeah. <laughs> everything's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it qualifies as... Uh, at least genre, maybe genre. maybe calling it horror is a little yeah. bit of a stretch, yeah. but because I mean that's almost like calling it a time travel movie. Because I've heard uh, people argue that A Christmas Carol is one of the first time travel uh, stories because you have characters going back to the past and going to the future and stuff like that. So it does travel back in time. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I just don't know if 
like a lot of people are very cynical about that idea, you know, that it's not really time travel, but I mean, they more watch scenes and they do interact yeah. with it. So maybe that's kind of the difference. There's a lot of elements and in Scrooge. I mean, you have elements of comedy, horror, drama. For sure. Sci- I don't know if sci-fi, but time travel. I mean, it's just. And they go back to the same year as Back to the Future. Yeah, I noticed that. 1955. Do you think that was on purpose? Back then in the 80s? So close. I mean, it wasn't that far after. Just because of the age that Bill Murray was, that Mm. just kind of... I also looked that up. I was like, how old was he when they made this? Pretty young. He was 38. The same age as me. (laughs) (laughs) The same age Bill Murray was in that movie. It's crazy. I I do think that they're fudging his age a little, though, because they go all the way back to 1968, which he would have been 18 at the time. Yeah. And they they show him as, like, a young guy working in New York. I think he he was supposed to be 22-ish around there, you know? It's funny when you look at movies and you look up the person and you're like, they were this age. Because I think we did that when we watched The Sopranos. Like, James Gandolfini was, like, late 30s. Yeah. I was already... When we were watching Sopranos recently, (laughs) I was already the age of James James Gandolfini. And and in my mind's eye, he was, like, mid-40s. You know, quite a bit older. But no, he was not even 40 years old when they first started Sopranos. Actually, I was... uh, watching Christmas Vacation again last night and mm. uh, Chevy Chase, I was like, this is probably going to kill me, but I got <laughs> I to know how old he was when they made this and uh, felt good because he was like 46 when that mm. came out. So I was like, okay, good. He's <laughs> much older than I am now. So. And my, my favorite analogy or whatever is like, if you were, if you were going to redo the Golden Girls today, like they would look so different than what the original Golden Girls, because the original Golden Girls, I think were supposed to be like in their 50s. And now you cast someone in their fifties, it would be like Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would look totally different. They wouldn't Sandra look like Bullock. grandmothers. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra Bullock, yeah. yeah, they won't look like grandmothers anymore. <laughs> Another person I looked upon uh, about from Christmas Vacation was uh, what's his name? The guy's like. They're the wrong player out. He's talking. Oh, yeah. Like a, he's way young. He yeah. always play older. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he he's younger than my dad is now. And I'm just like, holy, that guy looks ancient in that Who is movie. This guy? He's like, God blessing. <laughs> no, I was, was going to look him up real quick because that's worth noting. Because yeah. he's in several movies of that yeah. era. And he was also like the grandfather on The Adventures of Pete and Pete. He was in uh, Tales from the Dark Side, too, the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the guy that owned the, the cat. Then we, uh, we, we looked this up because I remember that guy yeah. when we watched Tales from the Dark Side. He's, he's in a few. Yeah. He, was in, he was the voice of the Dr. Frankenstein character in. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. You slept deadly nightshade into my chair. <laughs> Here he is. William William Hickey is his name. Yeah. Uh, and he, he he was only 69 when he died in 1997. Oh, so God. in Christmas Vacation, he would have been like 59, 60 years old. He and he was as... playing someone like 90, right? Yeah. I mean, this is supposed he, to be Methuselah old. Yeah, he... Uh, oh, yeah. He was the same age as David Bowie when he died. Right. <laughs> and... I didn't mean to go off on a Christmas vacation rant, but like yeah, he, we were talking about Christmas you know, stuff. he, I noticed watching that movie last night, like he's, you know, there's that classic scene where he like he, his toupee comes off and like Clark's yeah. trying to put it back on his head. But like <laughs> that guy had a full head of hair right back then, you know, so they had to put like a bald cap thing on his head. Is he like the father in Christmas vacation? He's like, he's like I don't even think he was the father. I think he's he? like an uncle or something. He's I know like, what you're talking about though. So he was only 59 yeah. then? He, he was, was like, he, in 90? that movie. I think he was like sixty-one. Oh, maybe well, no, no, no. He was he was younger than that because well, well, no. And he died 80, eighty-nine when that movie came out. He was out. He was like sixty-one or okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he was 16 when he died. Yeah. In his 80s or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's... He always played elderly. Yeah. Very, very old. He had a great voice. I mean. Yeah. Is there a part of a Christmas... Not a Christmas Carol, of Scrooge that you don't like? Like, when you go back and watch it, if you're like, I just, this part I just don't like for some reason. Nope. Nope. Like... <laughs> What about you? Is there a moment that stood out when you didn't really care mm, for it? I don't think so. I just thought it might be an interesting question to ask. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything... There's not that much so. baggage in this movie. I mean, I, I guess you could argue that maybe we didn't need as much of the love angle, the romantic mm-hmm. flashbacks. I mean, there's quite a bit of that. But I like yeah, that. I thought it all kind of worked. Yeah. So. That, was so, that was the heart of the movie was uh, sort of the, the love story. I was kind of Karen Allen. surprised that Bobcat Goldthwait had his voice because I mentioned that because I just thought I was like it's weird. Oh, it's really nice to be back. You've grown a beard since I last saw you. Yes, I have because um the last time I saw myself on your show I, I went I look like meatloaf. <laughs> that he would do that for this movie, but you you were saying that that was just his thing back then, and it was. But I guess I've, I've never seen him outside of um police academy really i guess mm-hmm. so i just thought it was interesting that you watch that and I, w- I would feel like you would think of him as the dude from police academy instead of this totally separate character but yeah it's um, and it, it kind of gets more heightened as the movie goes it kind of yeah. <laughs> that's what i was going to say is like this this is like the first time anyone ever saw bobcat Goldthwaite not doing the crazy bobcat Goldthwaite thing yeah. at least at the beginning of the movie but as like the movie progresses he gets drunker and drunker and it's like <laughs> becomes more the bobcat we all knew at the right. time now he doesn't do that act at all anymore. But really, but back you know in Scrooge, like the first scene, you know, he's he's more Almost like he actually is. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, hey, you can't show this to people. You know. Yeah. At the end of the movie, I questioned if he was going to suffer any consequences because he yeah. shot up the office and he held an entire room hostage, yeah. and everyone's like, hey, we got good ratings. Is he going to get his job back or is he going to go to jail? Yeah, they're going to be like, I don't care if Frank Cross <laughs> hired you back. Uh, you help people at gunpoint. You're going to jail. Yeah, um, yeah it's a different era, though. There needs to know? be a Scrooge, too, to some loose ends. <laughs> That's what's so We need to let her, let her know that her friend is dead <laughs> in an, a sewer somewhere. I still love that, that part with Bobcat where he's, like, chasing Frank Cross and he's shooting at him. He's like, she took the kids! Like... <laughs> 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 Um, Jeff, you mentioned this is one of your favorite Christmas movies. What, what are your favorite Christmas movies? Well, as I've talked about already, like Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the ones I have almost every word of that committed to memory. And then uh, the classic It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. That's one that uh, I watched several years back without... It's it's one of those like in our pop culture awareness. I feel like I know a lot about it, but I don't. I never actually had sat and watched it. Oh, really? So I sat and watched it as an adult several years ago, and I was shocked how depressing it is. It's yeah. a very dark movie, um, and apparently that's why it was not very successful when it was the first released because it was during like depression era, and people did not want to see that shit. They, they didn't want to see a, a very you know somber story about uh, how terrible life is. But anyway. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I think my top one is um, Love Actually. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then after that, it kind of can it goes. There's no no particular one, you know. Like I like Bridget Jones's Diary and The Holiday and stuff. But 
Now that I was thinking about it, since you brought up It's a Wonderful Life, I really like Little Women, like the 40s version with Elizabeth Taylor and June Allison in it. That's one I had on VHS when I was younger, and I liked it. And um, I used to record movies on audio cassette so that I could listen to them in the car. And that was one of the movies I did that one. That one and Mad Love. For some reason, I really liked Mad Love with Drew Barrymore. Is Little Women is a funny. Christmas movie? It guess. takes place during Christmas. Yeah. Um, like in, during the winter. Or so, mm-hmm. and I I used to really like you just associate that it version a lot with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say I didn't realize any of those movies you mentioned were Christmas movies, but it's because I haven't seen any of them. Oh, Love, yeah, Actually. Love Actually is oh, is, is big distinctly Christmas, movie. Christmas. Yeah. And a lot of people. Um, Rick Grimes is in it, Andy Lincoln oh, yeah. is in it. Because they did a part, I don't know if you were watching The Talking Dead, but they had a fan ask a question via satellite, and she was holding up cards, mm-hmm. and then she would take him back and do that. And that was yeah. a big scene oh, in Love okay. Actually when he shows up at Kira Knightley's door, uh, confessing her his love for her, and he does it in, like, cue cards, so hmm. no one, so her Can boyfriend hear can't hear him. There's a lot of people in that, too. Um, Alan Rickman's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's that lady's name? The British lady. That's Emma, Emma Thompson. Mm. And um, yeah, it's really good. It's a good ensemble cast. Mm. What about you? Well, that's what you know. I was thinking Little Women kind of made me think of the fact that I mean, Gremlins is probably my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. But honestly, that's a set at Christmas. It doesn't have that much to do with Christmas. Really, so that's how it is for most of them too. Because even It's a Wonderful Life, like seventy five percent of that movie. It doesn't even take place at Christmas. Right. It's mm. like just the end. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely associated with a Christmas movie. For sure, movie. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is. So it's still count. And they pay homage to it in Gremlins as well. Yeah. So. Mm. Merry Christmas, back to vault! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about ratings, guys? What, what are you, What's the uh, letter grade we're giving? Well, obviously mm. I'm going to give it an A. Not an A plus? Just an A? Just an A. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll give it. I'll give it a B. A B. So you just, I liked it though. In the context of this is Cutting Class is a better movie than this. <laughs> Cutting Class is I'm more nostalgic for yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. Then yeah, I don't. I literally only saw this movie for the first time yesterday, so I don't have an attachment mm-hmm. to it. Um, but I would give it a, a B. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, much like uh, Cutting Class, I, I feel the need to point out that if you are a horror fan. Do not watch Scrooge expecting to be scared or to have very serious, heavy uh, horror elements. But there's enough to kind of whet your appetite and kind of keep you going. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely give it a solid B plus. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so put a little love in your heart, everyone. Aww. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed Scrooge. Think of your It is time once again for Okay, so time for trivia and uh the movie i picked is on theme with scrooged it's ghostbusters you know Hello. bill murray yeah bill murray okay i guess he's gonna lose this one me okay what does the license plate on the ghostbusters car say craig craig ecto one correct 
this. You need to take down the, the scores. Is someone going to take oh, down yeah. the score? I don't really think we need to do trivia. Let's just do what's making us scared. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't be a bad sport. Jeez. <laughs> it's only fun if Kia wins. Okay. <laughs> it's only fun if Kia gets to pick the movie and knows all the answers. I agree with all of those statements. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What might happen if the Ghostbusters were to cross the streams from their particle throwers? Kia. They would explode. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I don't oh! I want to hear it, though. Okay. Is it absolute positronic annihilation? Explode. Total protonic reversal? Complete ionic ionization or radical proton neutralization. Wait, wait. So if I had not heard the the choices, I would have to come up with one of those? Yeah, I was going to say, the choices don't help me at all. <laughs> I, I'm just going to go with A. I don't remember. I don't know. Let me see. Wrong. It was total protronic reversal. That which sounds is a like line in the movie. you maybe explode. Well, that I see what we're going for. I see yeah, we're going for they were the going correct for the right answer. answer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, which Ghostbuster conjures up the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man? Craig. It was Ray. Correct. Ray Stans, played the, by Dan Aykroyd. I want to be the host next time. Fine. What was the Ghostbusters headquarters before they moved in? Craig. Craig. It was a firehouse, correct? Oh, I knew that one. I'll give you. I'll give you the next no, one. No, don't. You choose. Don't, don't. Go for it. What kind of energy do the proton packs run on? Kia, nuclear. Correct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the mood suddenly changes. <laughs> Who said I collect spores, molds, and fungus? Kia. Kia. Um, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Can you, can you try the character names? <laughs> Craig. Mm-hmm. Egon. Correct. Oh, that makes a lot of Egon sense. Spangler. Egon. <laughs> what is the first ghost that the Ghostbusters captured? Kia. The oh, the lady, the librarian. Let's see. I have to pick one. I'm pretty sure that's incorrect, though. Yeah, because it's just the first one they encounter. I know. They didn't capture her. Slimer. You have to say your name. You didn't buzz in. Oh, Craig. Slimer is my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Not as familiar with the Ghostbusters as most people. During Winston's interview, Janine asks him if he believes in all of the following except for what? UFOs, Bigfoot, the theory of Atlantis, or clairvoyance? Kia. Hmm. Clairvoyance. Incorrect. What were the options? UFOs, Bigfoot, the theory of Atlantis. Uh, shit. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Bigfoot? Correct. I remember theory of Atlantis being part of it. He's like, lady, if there's a steady paycheck, I'll believe anything you want. (laughs) I'm getting bonus points for deciding 
But you win because you like the movie. Boom. I didn't dislike the movie. I just haven't seen it a thousand times. You saw it last summer <laughs> in the theaters. Where does the final battle take place? When? Where? Craig. On top of um, the building that Scorny Weaver's character, Diane, is that her name? Is that her name? That's correct. Dana is her name. Dana. Yeah. On top of her apartment building. Next question. Is that the multiple choice, or is it multiple? It's like the multiple choice, like the name of the apartment building. Was, He's going to try to get me on the Was the answer the name of the apartment building? The answer was Dana's apartment building. Ah, son of a. <laughs> <laughs> Which of these four? Oh wait, this is. You were so. Oh man, oh, the lawyer yeah. comes out. Yeah. For the record. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please explain to the court <laughs> what the multiple choice answer actually was? Look at the score. No way I'm going to catch up. I'll give how, my best. how many times does Lewis get locked out of his apartment? Kia. Three times. Correct. Ooh, wow. There you go. <laughs> Tides are turning. <laughs> the warrior spirit. <laughs> what type of god is Gozer? Craig, an elder god. Incorrect. I would like to hear the choices, please. Is Gozer a Sumerian, Egyptian, Hindu, or Norse? Damn it. I know that. Sumerian? No. Correct. Mm. Mm. All right. Who said, nobody steps on a church in my town? Craig. Peter Bankman. Correct. That's Bill Murray's character. What else is on Dana's kitchen counter when her eggs begin to fry themselves? Craig. Stay puffed marshmallows. <laughs> That's correct. <sighs> I've seen this movie before. A lot. How much does Ray pay A for lot. the Ecto-1? Multiple choice? Sure. Is it $10,000? $800, $1,200, or $4,800? Kia. $1,200. Incorrect. Uh, I'll go with $800. Also incorrect. The answer is $4,800. I guess he would pay the most for a terrible. Yeah. Because he's like, uh, how much was it? He's like, only $4,800. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, he's got that <laughs> look on his face. Uh, who is the first Ghostbuster to get slimed? Craig. Peter. Correct. He's slimy. me. Alright. Which Ghostbuster tries to distance himself from the team in order to avoid further incarceration? Craig. No, you go ahead. No, don't. You, you know, you had it. No, I didn't. You really did. You were right. coming in with... Yeah. Winston. Correct. <laughs> You're so... So dour. This is usually such a much different... Uh... <laughs> Next question. What are Lewis and Dana's demonic alter egos known as? You know? Um, you know what? I don't know. Uh, uh, Zool is one of them. But I've forgotten both of their names. Let's hear the multiple choice. Okay. Multiple choice. 
Is it A? Dana is the gate guarder and Lewis is the key Ooh. holder. Oh, I know this. B. Dana is the key holder and Lewis is the gate guarder. <clears throat> C. Dana is the gatekeeper. Lewis is the key master. Or D. Dana is the key master. Lewis is the gatekeeper. Key. Key. Yeah. C. C is in correct. It is correct. Yeah. <laughs> what is the slime left behind by ghosts called? Kia. Ectoplasm. Correct. <laughs> what is the name of the demon dog that possesses Lewis Tully? Kia. Zool. Incorrect. <laughs> I need to hear the multiple choice. That's when Dana becomes a Zool, I think. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. What a lovely singing voice you have. <laughs> All right. Is it A, Vince Clortho, B, Ivo Shandor, C, Sam Hain, or D, Vigo? Damn, I have no idea. A? Correct. Yeah. Vince Clortho. Why is no this idea. so much different than Zool? Why mm. one Zool, the other one has like a full name. He's kind of like first name, last name. Yeah, it's like Frederick. <laughs> P. Mayfield. <laughs> what does... Wait. Where does Dana first encounter Zool? Craig. In her refrigerator? Correct. Um, I don't say apartment. You'd be right. How big is the Twinkie that Egon describes? Kia. Very big. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit more specific. <laughs> uh, I've forgotten, too. Uh, let's hear the multiple choice. <laughs> Is it 30 feet long and weighing 900 pounds? B, 30 feet long and weighing 600 pounds? C, 35 feet long and weighing 900 pounds? Or D, 35 feet long and weighing 600 pounds? I don't, I mean, I don't understand the, uh, fucking motherfucker. The, uh, C. We'll go C. All those are very big. Incorrect. Wilson ends up saying, like, oh, that's a big Twinkie. I remember that, but yeah. I don't remember... I'm pretty. I, I'm gonna guess 30 feet long by 900. Oh, I was wrong. Ooh, it's 35 feet long, weighing 600 pounds. Hmm. We were all wrong. Very. Technically, I wasn't wrong. It's very big. <laughs> yeah, it's that's still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, who warns his fellow Ghostbusters never to cross the streams? Craig. Uh, Egon. Correct. All right. At his party, what kind of cheese does Lewis say is perfect to eat at room temperature? Kia. <laughs> That'll be it. Oh. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Wrong. No, we did Oh, Swiss. Swiss cheese. Why not? Incorrect. It was... Gouda. Brie. Oh. Uh. What are the odds? <laughs> Earlier today, I was like, how do you pronounce B-R-E-A, California? And the answer was Brie. Mm. No, I'll cut Brea. that out of the uh, actual podcast. <laughs> what? Is <laughs> <that>? <laughs> Isn't oh, it Brea, is, California? Is it Brea? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure it is. I just, Brea? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You didn't uh, say anything earlier. So I did. did you know that? You were just like, whatever. Brea. Okay. Who? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. This is a great one. All right. Well, this is going to be a hard one to... Well, anyway. Let's do it. Who said, what are you supposed to be? Some kind of cosmonaut? Kia. Ray. Wrong. Let's hear the multiple choice. 
was it... The thing is, it's just the pictures of these guys, but uh, was it the bad guy with the red hair and the beard? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Peck. Peck, Walter Peck, yeah. Mm. Was it the mayor? Mm. Was it the guy waiting on the elevator? Or was it the hotel manager where they caught Slimer? I think it's the guy waiting for the elevator. Correct. Because then he's like, uh, what are you, some kind of cosmonaut? He's like, oh, we're exterminators. Someone's a cockroach up on 12. Mm. Must be some cockroach. Bite your head off, man. So you guys have seen this movie yet? I have. I think that's the last of the questions. Well, did you it's a get close my one. last point? Did you put that on there? What? What's your last point? Oh, We're getting that yeah. one right. Okay. <laughs> mm. right. You need it. Your last. Um, point. Jeff, I would like a calculation of the, oh. of the score, please. That would be eight to thirty. Ten to twenty-six. Well, it's not clear who is ten and who is twenty-six. See, when I win, I don't do this. When you win, you do this. What? Oh, okay. I just... (sighs) I'm trying to shake Kia's hand. As the winner, the gracious winner. I'm ignoring it. Good day, (laughs) ma'am. Good day, sir. And a good game. Triumph! Oh, God. When I was... I'm going to be the host next time. Okay. Then you might have a little bit more competition. Former champion, Kia McLean, host of the trivia. I just said you might have a little bit more competition if Jeff goes. Let's see then how well you do. You have been competitive in the past. This wasn't your day. (laughs) Every week, we like to end the show... With a segment we call, What's Making Us Scared? <laughs> Why did you have to immediately start typing? <laughs> I was trying to pull up my information. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Do you have it? Yes. Right. Every week, we like to end the podcast with a segment called, What's Making Us Scared? In which we talk about... Things in the horror genre and horror community that are really getting to us this week, making mm. us excited. Jeff, mm-hmm. why don't you start us <laughs> off? Well, uh, what's making me scared is Nashville Nightmare Krampus, A Haunted oh. Christmas. It's Christmas time. It's the best time of the year. But in the world of haunted houses, we're still thrilling and chilling and surprising and terrifying audiences across the nation. And we invite you to do something different this Christmas. As soon as Halloween comes to an end and the haunted house season is over, our set designers, costume designers, makeup artists, special effects technicians all get together and produce this incredible, terrifying, and thrilling holiday event. Lots and lots of good stuff. Our team of highly skilled and insanely talented special effects makeup artists and costume designers have worked so hard putting together this year's cast of monsters. Uh, is that on your head? Yep. Okay. I feel like we're just playing dress up at this point. <laughs> this year we're adding new scenes and set dressings, and we're
immersive audio experiences, and of course, holiday-themed lighting all throughout the show. This year, there will be new frights and surprises and changes and thrills and monsters around every corner. Come check out Krampus, A Haunted Christmas, at our world-famous haunted house. Oh, you actually you went this year already? Yeah, I went on Friday. They, um, what it is for listeners who may not know, uh, there's a haunted house uh, in Nashville called Nashville Nightmare, and they're open every Halloween season. But they also open up two more times a year: once for Christmas and once for Valentine's Day. And um, I went this past Friday to the the Christmas version, and um, I. I really I appreciate the I appreciate that they are they do this that they're like hey let's give them some haunted house other times a year other than just Halloween yeah. but it kind of made me realize that it's almost like too much of a good thing in a way where it's like part of the haunted house experience for me is that it's during the Halloween season right and going during Christmas just it's just not the same also it was freezing cold outside it was mm. like like low or sorry high 20s early or low 30s it was maybe like 30 degrees 29 somewhere around there so you're like waiting in line and stuff and you're all bundled up and uh, there's fewer people working so there's not as many scares mm. and I'm also a little jaded because I've been to Nashville Nightmare no less than 10 times and you know, you go a certain amount of times, it kind of loses some Log, of the, diminishing returns. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Like I said, I appreciate that they do it. And it's one of those things where I just I just realized this this past Friday that I was like, oh, I I was always like, I wish they could just do haunted houses year-round. Like, why do they have to close in October? But, like, part of the fun is that it's just that time of year. And then also, um, so, like, if Halloween was every month, like we were talking about earlier with the Star Wars movies and stuff, that, right. like, you... You, you get so much of it that it stops being special. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars movie every year is definitely diminishing yeah. the magic. Yeah. So I, that's kind of how I feel about it. But like I said, I mean, they you know, National Nightmare, it's a great haunted house. And uh, if you're in the area and you are just jonesing to get some uh, more haunted house, you know, check out the Krampus. Make sure you bundle up because it's, it's cold out there. But, I mean, it's already over for this year. But, uh, you know, next Christmas, if you want to check out the Krampus... Do that, or if you want to go in February to Valentine X coming February 2018. So, <laughs> nice, there it is. I mean, that's fun. I, I definitely think there is something to be said. I think we, we mentioned it maybe off podcast about uh, you know, the idea that Halloween infringing on Christmas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because, um, as much as I like spooky stuff, and I've even seen you know, spooky Christmas ornaments and everything that mm-hmm. look cool, and I like them. I have to admit, like, I do like that there are lines drawn and that Christmas is Christmas. And, yeah, yeah you, know, you know what I mean? That it's not... Because uh, I've also seen pictures of people putting up uh, spooky Christmas trees and mm-hmm. everything. And I love the idea of a Halloween tree, but a spooky Christmas tree kind of like... Yeah, it seems like people complain, like, that Halloween decorations don't stick around very long or Christmas stuff starts getting sold around Halloween, which makes total sense to me. But then when Christmas comes, it's like, hey, Halloween! And it's like, <laughs> you already had your child, your time. Like, you know, I don't know. 
I mean, everybody, obviously, you do you. You know what I mean? Whatever yeah. you like, you do it. But I, I like, I kind of like the clear lines. I like the know? separation. Like, Christmas yeah. is fun because it's Christmas. So, like, when Hallmark has, like, Christmas in July, and I'm like, it's like 90 yeah. degrees outside. Like, right. it's it doesn't have the same feel to it. Yeah. Is, is And I, you know, you both know I'm just, like, annoyingly crazy about Halloween. But even I'm like, I, I like that it's just that one time of year because that's kind of what makes it special is yeah. like, for sure and, and also i noticed uh this past halloween like we were doing the videos and stuff and we were going in like july and august and september and it was really hot when we were going out and it just <laughs> it was fun to do that stuff but it didn't really feel like halloween until like after Through october when it started cooling down yeah. these started changing i was mm-hmm. like ooh, this is yeah yeah yeah, now yeah. Hit it. yeah. yeah. so yeah for sure <clears throat> kia what is making you scared this week? What's making me scared is art books, as usual. And it's the author. Um, his name is Bentley Little. And I started reading him a few years ago, and I recently restarted back some books of his that I've had for a few years that I've finally gotten around to. And he is an American horror writer. And um, Wikipedia says that he's, he's a reclusive literary figure who rarely does promotional work for his for his writing, including interviews. Um, but he's won some awards, and he's been esteemed by um, Stephen King. But what I really like about him is that his books, they're very simple. They're usually, the titles are usually the and something. Like, for example, I'm reading off Wikipedia, the town, the return, the policy, the resort, the academy, um, the association, a book I just finished reading of his. And he takes very simple, everyday things but makes him horror. So, like, the Academy is about a private school that where everyone's evil, like the teachers are evil. Mm. And the policy is about, um, I believe it was health insurance that <laughs> is run by very evil people. Um, Didn't you say the association was about homeowners association? The association, association? is That's about a very evil homeowners association. <laughs> like um, the one I'm reading now is called Dispatch, but it's about a guy who starts writing in, in, in his class, they do pen pals, and then he learns that through writing, he can really influence people to do stuff, and then an evil force taps into that somehow. <laughs> um, so he takes very ordinary things and makes them evil. There's a book called, like, The Handyman, so that's going to be about an evil handyman. So I like that it's not... It's like mundane stuff. Mundane stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's just... Fun. Yeah, so... And they're, and it's genuine, like, horror. Like, it's graphic, it's violent, it's gory, it's over-the-top. Um, so, I really like him. His name is Bentley Little. And his first book goes back to 1990. And he looks like he basically puts out a book almost every year. Um, so, he has one, The Handyman, is 2017. And then he has some collections and some short stories. Um, and he's won some Brams, Bram Stoker Awards and been nominated. So, I really like him. His name is Bentley Little. Fun. Mm-hmm. My, uh, what's making me scared this week is Cheap Chills Fan Club. It's uh, an artist I've discovered who, uh, his name is Ben Walker's Story. And uh, he has a lot of fun designs and everything. I'm actually wearing one of his t-shirts right now. It's a smelly creature. Smelly monsters. Smelly monsters, I mean. But it looks kind of like a creature from the Black Lagoon-esque character yeah. with a bunch of stink lines coming off <laughs> of him. Um, but he's a really fun artist, and uh, he has a fun uh, Instagram account called Cheap Chills Fan Club. And he also just recently launched his own uh, podcast with his wife, um, and it's just called uh, 
Cheap Chills show. Um, and they talk about... It's kind of fun because they'll take... At least in the pilot episode. I think they only have one posted so far. They take a... Um, like a genre and talk about... Like the, this most recent one was uh, like Monster Plants. And they just talked about like some of their favorite monster plant movies. And, you know, they each kind of bring them to the table. Like, you know, this is one I saw that I really liked. This is one I saw that I really liked. And they just kind of describe it to each other. And they'll play little clips, you know, from the trailers or the movies. Um, and then they'll actually end up pitching ideas for other movies in that genre. You know what I mean? They kind of have fun with the idea of, yeah, like, like running with the concepts and everything. So it's just, it's just been fun so far. I think it's a good thing to kind of jump in on the beginning of, you know, because they only have one episode posted so far, so it'd be kind of cool to watch them develop. So, really talented guy, really fun designs, kind of classic monsters, like 60s and 70s, kind of, or his wheelhouse, so, um, good stuff. Uh, did you guys have a favorite horror movie this year for 2017? Is this going on the podcast? Possibly. I mean, if you, if you, a favorite horror movie, twenty seventeen. Yeah, that you saw this year, that came yeah, out this year. I don't remember also. what I've seen. We've got quite a few uh, that came out in twenty seventeen too. Yeah. Did, Let's see. Did what you call it? Did Get Out come out in twenty seventeen? Yeah, twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. It's in February. That's what a great else one. have we seen? It and oh yeah, that was a good one. And Split also came out. Yeah, That's Split. When you guys. Act. I actually liked Happy Death Day. I thought that was a good one. It's not really uh-huh. like super scary, but I would it's... Like to see it. But it's fun though. Yeah, it is. That's a, it's a really fun movie. Um, are, there, are there any others we're missing that came out? I mean, do you, want, do you want a second to think about it, or do you want to just? Um, I'll just say it for my choice. I think I'm gonna say it too. Really? It was like, to me, it had some genuinely scary moments, mm-hmm. and I liked and I liked the kids. I like that. They had some gory moments in there, even though they're kids, because I feel like they could have easily had done, like, went a really safe route. But, like, when she's in, like, the bathroom scene, or, you know, that, for example. Um, so, I liked it. I think I liked Get Out better, but I feel like it is scarier. I agree. So Really? It, for me, it's scarier. See, I... Um... With Get Out, it's one of those things where I, I really loved the movie, and then I, like a couple months later, I was kind of, you know, that just buying into the hype a little bit, and that's why I loved it so much, and, you know, kind of the politics surrounding it and everything. But uh, it's recently been on HBO, so it's coming on HBO all the time, it's on demand now. And every time I catch it, like, I will sit there and watch, like, a good chunk of it. Like, it, it always it hooks me or whatever. So I think it's just a genuinely well made, good movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just interesting because uh, you two are like my best friends, and you both really loved it, <laughs> and I didn't really like it that much. I mean, like, I didn't hate it or anything. I just thought it was a very forgettable oh, horror movie. Man. You know, to me, it's no different than like The Conjuring or something like yeah. that. Like, I just thought it was just like a fun horror movie, and then I never thought about it again. And you guys are picking it as your you got to see that one. library scene again. Well, that I guess library so, yeah. scene. I didn't say I was like love it. It's, no, no, yeah. but I mean like your favorite probably of this year, right? You're picking it as your yeah. top 2017. Like if I had movie. to, if you told me right now you got to sit down and watch another movie, rewatch a movie, a horror movie from 2017, yeah. I would pick it hmm. for sure. I, I definitely need to give it another chance, obviously, because it didn't really I mean, do anything man, for me. The part, yeah. the library scene where <laughs> the, the librarian is standing back there and the face is like <laughs> he, he didn't notice that. That uh, creeped me out, though. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I just, I liked how it looked, too. It had a really nice look to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like it. And obviously, I like the, what was it? We, we were once known for trapping beavers. Still am, guys. Am I right? Like that line? <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, again, it, it feels like wrong to pick something over Get Out. But for me, it's Kong Skull Island, I think, uh, which wasn't really scary but i just i had such a fun time at that movie and that was such a special night because i thought for sure i had to work that weekend that kong came out and i thought for sure i was gonna miss it and kia was like oh we should see it like thursday night like as soon as it comes out so like kia treated me to like you know imax opening night style so it was just like perfect for me you know and it was everything i wanted out of the king kong movie so just being, again, sentimental pick a little bit, but I think Kong Skull Island is my favorite. Are we, we're not missing any, are we? Are we missing I'm sure we are. We're probably going to think about it later and come up with something else that we saw this year that came out this year. Yeah. That we, you know, I mean, Autopsy of Jane Doe, I think, technically came out in December of 2016. Oh, yeah, that was, um, that was a really Actually, good one. Like, I feel like it was November because my... Was it? Well, at least, like, in limited release because a friend of mine in California had seen it. That's how I heard about yeah. it. And she was like... I was like, are there any good horror movies mm-hmm. coming out? She's like, go see this one. <laughs> um, so I'm sure there's stuff that we're overlooking, but I mean, I think it's worth noting that we're not remembering them. So <laughs> Cult of Chucky. I'm just going through this. It's fun. Um, do, 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 oh, the Dark Tower. Does that count? Does that count? I don't know if that counts. I mean, what I'm seeing you, up here, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my 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 answer. It. So. Top of 2017, Jeff and Kia, It, yes. Craig, Kong, Skull Island. Honorable mention, get out from all of this. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that's, I just thought that might be a segment. If you guys disagree or you had your own favorites of 2017, just uh, bug us over at Twitter or Instagram, mm-hmm. and we will have a dialogue. And maybe next time when we get together, it'll be the new year. Maybe we'll kind of have some ideas of other movies that we missed. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, it is your turn to choose the movie. Yeah, so the next movie we're going to watch for the podcast is Zodiac. The David Fincher. David Fincher classic <laughs> starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and I feel like is that uh, Mark Ruffalo in Mark Ruffalo yeah, is also Mark in Ruffalo, it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I forgot about that. Isn't that interesting? Hulk and Iron Man. Hmm. It's amazing. There's been so many Marvel movies that you end up seeing this like actors from the Marvel movies and other movies together, yeah. and it's yeah. really cool. And um, possibly the new Batman is also in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Zodiac is that just? I guess that's one you have to kind of just fish down. I mean, uh, hunt. Yeah, well, it's. I don't know if it's on netflix anymore but it was for a long time but mm-hmm. it's it's out there it might be on demand too yeah it's, I mean, it's been around for 10 years yeah. so yeah. um so yeah join us next time won't you for zodiac in the new year happy new year everyone happy new year mm-hmm. thanks for listening guys thank you for listening to the half-assed forecast you can find us on instagram at half-assed forecast facebook at half-assed horror Twitter at HA Horrorcast. And you can send us an email at halfastforrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfastforrorcast.com. Yeah.